From Hyde Park United Methodist in Tampa, Florida, this is the Bible Project 2020, a journey to reading the Bible without fear or frustration. I'm your host, Nikki Taylor. Buckle up, folks, because today begins our long journey through the book of Psalms. You'll find that the Psalms are extremely relatable and reflect the wide spectrum of human emotions and experiences. Thankfulness and sorrow, praise and anger, celebration and loss. To help us get our bearings in this book before we dive into the readings today, we're starting with an interview Joanna and I did with Dr. Brian Russell as an introduction to the book of Psalms. Brian is the Associate Provost and Dean of the Orlando School of Ministry at Asbury Theological Seminary. His areas of expertise include the missional interpretation of scripture and of course, the Psalms. He also happens to be one of my favorite professors from my time at Asbury. Now, on to the interview. Hey, Brian, thanks so much for joining. So to begin with, can you help us get our bearings? I've always personally mistakenly thought that King David wrote the Psalms, but clearly not all of them. So help us out. Who are the authors? Yeah, let me answer that in a couple of ways. And, and by the way, it's, thanks for the invitation. It's a real joy to be here. And hopefully this can be real helpful to everybody who's listening. Uh, what you want to do when you think about the Psalms is the, the book of Psalms essentially is the prayer book of God's people from the Old Testament. And so the, the Psalms itself as a book in the form that we have it today comes from uh, from late in Israel's history. So this would be after the people have come back from exile. So we're talking about the t- between the, the late 5th century or the 5th century BC, so roughly like 500 BC up until the time of Jesus. That's when the Psalms are coming together. Now, what the Psalms give us are various prayers um, for various occasions from lots of different points in Israel's history. And one of the kind of common ideas about the Psalms, and, and there's some truth to this, is that these are all the Psalms of David. And you know, why have we thought that over the years? Why have persons said that? It's because a lot of the Psalms have that in their superscription at the very beginning of it, have the phrase, uh, a Psalm of David. Now, mm-hmm. when you also go through the Psalms, you'll find other persons' name, like, for example, Psalm 90 is a Psalm of Moses, you also find in the first couple of um, blocks of Psalms, the, uh, in books two and three in particular, um, uh, the Psalms from Korah, Psalms from Asaph, and then there's a few other figures who show up. And then some of the Psalms don't have any superscription. Now, the idea of, uh, of David, and what's important for everybody to listen, uh, to, to, who's listening to understand, is that the phrase of David doesn't necessarily uh, denote authorship. Um, in the original Hebrew, it, it can mean of, but the word that's there, um, it's a preposition. It often just means to or for. So oh. it could also have been penned by somebody later on who's thinking of David. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. what we find in a bunch of the Psalms, beginning, uh, for example, with the first Psalm that's attributed with that superscription of David, Psalm 3, is you have a little uh, um Description. So like Psalm 3 says, a psalm of David or for David when he fled from his son Absalom. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a series of psalms that have 
not just the phrase of David, but then actually have a reminder of an episode from David's life that was recorded in 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel. And so what that's done is, regardless of whether David wrote some psalms, and is it possible that David wrote psalms? Yes. But regardless of that, one a traditional way of reading the psalms has been to read the psalm in light of some episode in David's life that then lets us imagine and put ourselves into that story so that we can pray a prayer like David models for us to pray. Yeah, well, I um, I heard you mention books two and book three of Psalms. And yeah. so I think that's important to address. What is the structure of the entire Psalms? Because I think if you think uh, about when we use the Psalms personally for Bible study, we'll usually just pick random ones in no particular order. But in this experience, we're reading through the entire book of Psalms, um, one to 150 in order. So how can any structure of the book overall help us as we're doing that? Yeah, and that's and, and that's one of the real growing edges in my own study of the Psalms. Uh, and, and what's really cool, and you You'll, hopefully you'll all be able to see something of this. Again, the Psalms are massive, so sometimes it's hard to step back and see in the structure. But there's some things that we can say that I think are pretty obvious about structure. The first thing is the book of Psalms actually comes to us, and this is in the original Hebrew text, divided up into five chunks that we call book one, book two, book three, book four, and book five. And those breakdowns, book one is Psalms 1 to 41, Mm-hmm. Book two is Psalm or Psalms 42 to 72. Book three is 73 to 89. Book four is 90 to 106. And book five is 107 to 150. And if you would just, for example, take a look at the very last Psalm of book one, 41, uh, uh, verse 13, this will be true of it, of the last Psalm of every block mm-hmm. there's a little there's a little blessing so psalm 41:13 says blessed be the lord the god of israel from everlasting to everlasting amen and amen and that's a signal that a book's come to an end so there's this internal structure mm-hmm. now what's and you might say why five well again if traditionally the psalms have been thought of as davidic and David is kind of the mat, uh, the model for the worshiper in the Old Testament. We know from Samuel that he you know he played music for King Saul. He sang psalms in those stories, and so in a sense, um, the five books of the Psalms are and are based on the analogy that Moses has five books: Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So, of course, David, the singer, the worshiper, is going to have five books. Um, now, that doesn't mean that book one in the Psalms is the same as Genesis. It's more just that there's each Moses has five, David has five. Mm. Are now, they chronological or is there any rational to how they broken up the yeah. books? Yeah, there actually is. And it's more theological. And this is you want you want to and you have to take a, a step back. Because what you'll notice when you read the Psalms, let me show you the most obvious thing. Um, Psalms one and two don't have any superscription to them. Mm-hmm. There's no, and, but what they do have in common is if verse one starts out happy or fortunate or blessed, depending on your translation. And Psalm two, the last line starts off happy or blessed. And so 
Psalm 1 and 2 probably need to be read together as the introduction to the whole Psalms. And it's interesting, just Psalm 1 is a psalm about how does the individual person make it through the world. And Psalm 1 is all about a constant and perpetual engagement with the scriptures. It's God's gift to uh, to the person, to, to the law of the Lord. And that's the way for the individual to make it through life. Well, immediately what you say then, well, that's fine. I'm an individual, but I live in this crazy world and people are doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Well, if you look at Psalm 2, Psalm 2 addresses that. It, tar- it starts off with chaos. Why are the nations conspiring? And Psalm 2 teaches that God has everything under control and that God has the future absolutely under control because God's appointed his son in, in the book of Psalms, that's the Israelite king, to be his human uh, ruler um, over the kingdom. And so in that the way then for everybody is to find uh, refuge in the, in the king. And, and, and by the way, when you're, what your readers want to know, wherever the Psalms talk about the king, those Psalms become for Christians messianic Psalms talking mm-hmm. about King Jesus when he comes. So Psalms 1 and 2, how does a person make it through the world? Mm-hmm. Personally, we follow the teachings of Scripture. Mm-hmm. And then corporately, we live lives knowing that God has control of the future. And, and so that's the setup. Now, how's the structure then unfold? Well, Psalm 3, you run in immediately into David, a Psalm of David, praying because he's surrounded on all sides by foes. And most of the first couple of books in the Psalms are what's known as a lament, which are asking God for help. And so in a sense, um, the Psalms, the rest of the Psalter gives us a journey that assumes God's people are going to face real challenges in life, but it's already anchored us up front with the resources that we have. But then it gives us prayers for all occasions until you get to the end of the Psalms. And this is where you can really, where everybody can really see the structure again. I said that every one of the books ends with a kind of a beatitude or a blessing. Well, the entire book of Psalms ends with five really happy psalms, Psalms 146 to 150, that all five of those psalms begin and end with praise the Lord. And so that's like the, re, that's the, the, the finishing symphonic declaration that the end of history is going to be God is king, justice for all, and unending praise of God. And so, you know, if the psalm one, one starts, blessed is the person. Well, Psalm 150, verse six, the last verse says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And, you know, and our old joke at the seminary is what's everything mean in Hebrew? It, it's, um, it means everything. So that's everything that's going to praise God. And so you have this journey throughout the Psalms that's going to end on a really high note with, you know, we could say that love wins, justice wins, mercy wins. God's kingdom prevails, and that's going to uh, reach its climax in the uh, in the context of everything that has breath. Praise the Lord. 
Okay, so we have covered the structure of the book of Psalms as a whole. We've talked a little bit about authorship. And so I heard you kind of talk about a psalm of lament. So I think yeah. as a as a sort of final basic introductory thing here, we kind of need to talk about what are the different types of psalms we'll be encountering and how can we identify what kind of psalm we're reading. Yeah, yeah. And, th- and this is important. I have a pretty easy way that actually everybody can. This can get really complicated. We can use a lot of categories, but I want everybody just essentially think um, that in the most, in the broadest sense, there's really three types of prayers that we actually use in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the first kind of prayer that we pray is, uh, is a prayer, and these are in no particular order, but for a, a prayer that we pray is praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. In other words, when we pray, we give God praise for who God is, for what God's done. And so there's a whole bunch of Psalms that the entire focus of the Psalm is, is praise. And that would also include Psalms that seem to be about the King or the Messiah, where they're praising God for the Messiah. And so that's one kind of prayer. A Psalm is a Psalm of praise. Um, the, the second type of prayer, and this is, this is actually the most common type in the Psalms, and it's probably the most common type of human prayer, is the prayer for, that says, help. Help, mm-hmm. God. Where are you? And that's what's called the lament. And so mm-hmm. any Psalm that at some point in the Psalm is asking God for something, that's a lament. And so a laments will have some elements of praise, mixed in with them. That's typical. But if the psalm is actually making a request of God to do something, that's actually a lament psalm. And that's the majority mm-hmm. of the psalms. So like we just mentioned, like Psalm 3 is an example of a, a, a lament psalm, Psalm 4, Psalm 5. Actually, most of these uh, initial psalms that we're even going get to get to are going to be laments. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third type of psalm um, is thank you. And uh, the Psalm of Thanksgiving is essentially a resolution of the praise psalm and the lament psalm. If you think about it, we ask God for things because we believe God to be the type of God that would do the things that we're asking. We believe that God is worthy of praise. We believe that God is good. We believe that God is powerful. We believe that God has sent us uh, his son to die for us. And you know, those are the categories of praise. When we're in lament, we're wondering why isn't God doing the really cool things that it seemed like he did in the Bible? Well, God does answer our prayers, right? And it, 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 sometimes it takes a long view, but the Psalms have a third type called Thanksgiving Psalms where now what was prayed for is past tense and the Psalm models, let's go back to God and thank the Lord for answering our prayers. And so those are like the three biggest categories. There's there's some other ones like, you know, like Psalm 1, which was about the scriptures. That's what's called a Torah psalm or a psalm about the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Um, psalm 1, Psalm 19, Psalm 119 fit into that category. And so if you remember 119, you got all three of the psalms. It's 1, <laughs> Psalm 19, Psalm 119 are the three Torah psalms. Uh, there's like Psalm 23, which is very familiar. The mm-hmm. Lord is my shepherd. That's kind of a praise psalm, but more uh, specifically, it's a psalm of trust. So, so in other words, I could keep giving you categories, but the three big ones, praise, praise the Lord, help, and thank you will allow you to categorize most of the psalms. And um, if you 
can I, if you don't mind, I'll go on and say one other thing that how this is helpful in our spiritual life to think about this. Sure. The spiritual life is everybody who's listening to this knows has its ups and downs. And so what praise psalms essentially do for us is they orient us. They give us grounding frameworks in advance. So we get, a, a, you know, the things that we believe, the structures. But what happens, though, is when some when we face a tragedy and you know, there's psalms about illness, there's psalms about enemies coming against us, there's psalms about speak, people telling lies about us, there's just there's all kinds of stuff that happens to us. When bad things happen, that's really disorienting for persons of faith. And so the, right. the lament gives us voice for those times when we feel like what we believe doesn't fit into our experience. So it's kind of an affirmation that, hey, I can actually pray to God out of my pain. Because look, here's these biblical authors. This is the word of God that actually models that. So the lament are psalms for when we feel disoriented. And then, you know, when you've been through a period of disorientation in your spiritual life or your life in general, you move through that and you usually come out into a stronger place. Kind of like when you break a bone, it grows back stronger. And the Psalms of Thanksgiving are that reorientation. You can now make sense of the past, of what happened, and you see how God worked and you're able to give God thanks for that. So that that threefold types of Psalms, there's actually some spiritual significance to that that really helps us to grow uh, really strong lungs, if you want to use that image, as the spirit, as we breathe in the spirit and allow God to work in our lives through all seasons. Yeah, I'll never um, forget one of my first classes at Asbury was on pastoral care. And I remember uh, my professor telling me, like, when someone's going through a hard time, give them the Psalms. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're having hard time expressing their feelings and expressing their anger at God because they feel like they shouldn't, mm-hmm. send them to the Psalms, have them read some Psalms and realize mm-hmm. that, yes, like this is a part of my spiritual journey, an important part to be honest mm-hmm. and, and to lament. Yes. Yeah, it's good. That's, that was good advice. I'm glad that uh, <laughs> they took that away from the class. And that's uh, the Psalms have helped me so much in my own life. I've been through some difficult circumstances and. I was grateful that I had the resources of these psalms. And that's one of the reasons uh, I'm passionate about teaching the psalms, because I think they're they're neglected. A lot of times we uh, don't realize the resource that, it, that we all have as God's people. And um, so the, psalm, the psalms are, and also the psalms are uh, really the most quoted book in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. So everybody knows that, yeah. Yeah, sorry if you guys have already touched on this. I don't know if I'm adding on, but uh, <clears throat> I think one of the reasons, right, that the Psalms are so attractional is that, y- that it's first-person language. Mm-hmm. You can put yourself mm-hmm. in the position of the psalmist, mm-hmm. of the person praying that prayer, uh, even though they're abscri- ascribed to various people. Uh, you can, you can, when you're feeling those emotions, when you're feeling mm-hmm. like your enemies are, you know, st- stacked up against you, uh, you can pray that prayer. And um, did did you guys talk about how the lament psalms sort of uh, have a turn in them? No, we did okay. not. That's important. <laughs> so right, right, right. Because like, mm-hmm. I mean, Brian, you can speak into this too. But like, you know, a lament psalm sort of starts with uh, the situation, <laughs> what's going on, how bad it is. You know, my bones are broken before me. My enemies are trying to kill me, and then. Uh, <laughs> And then sometimes the psalmist is so bold as to go, hey, God, where are you at? 
You know, mm-hmm. why aren't you here? Why aren't you helping me? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's almost like this pregnant pause in the psalm where you don't know necessarily if God's going to respond, but then you read a couple of verses later and you realize that, yes, you know, God is going to respond. Uh, and, and then God does respond and the psalmist then turns to praise. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's so beautiful because that is a lot of times how our lament goes, but Mm -hmm. in our lives, it takes two, three, four, 10 years, you know, to to experience that full journey. And here in a Psalm, we get it laid out in 12 verses. Mm. Yeah, that's that. That's that's an important insight, and uh, and there are and and so the psalms give us hope, and and there are several psalms. Again, I know we're uh, like like some one of my favorite psalms. If the I mean you you get to this in coming weeks, but like you can see especially what you're talking about in like Psalm seventy three or Psalm seventy seven, where you actually have this little narrative, and you can really trace out how yeah. the psalm action. You see a little bit of that even in Psalm 22. Again, that's, I think that's what you'll all be talking about next week. And I like that, that first person language that uh, you, you, you mentioned, Matt, is um, really critical too, because it, it, inv- it, it gives us, it, it, like you said, it puts it on our lips. And then one of the questions that the listeners may find helpful, and I like to ask myself, and it's a hard question, uh, is this one what kind of person do I need to be or become to pray this psalm as the I in the psalm? Because mm-hmm. that pulls us into growth. By the way, that's a great question for any person in the Bible, yeah. and, uh, and it really pushes us. But the psalms, it's really helpful. And one of the fun things about some of these psalms is the psalmist is always completely confident of his or her innocence, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, that, and that's where that question really gets fun, right? Because it really invites us to take that deep dive into our own lives and um, open ourselves up to God's work, even in the midst of our um, our need to lament. Getting more into Psalms 1 through 16, you know, from what I could see, it was mostly laments, <laughs> lamentations, yes. but 15 really stuck out. And in my uh, Messianic Bible version, they, they entitle it Walking with Integrity. And yes. I really liked it because I thought it was very uplifting, but I don't know what classification you would give it. It just stuck out because to me, it seems sort of calm and insightful as compared to the woe is me. I'm a victim, more human, uh, laments, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And and this would, this is where the, we have a lot of subcategories because it's obviously Psalm 15 doesn't quite fit into the praise the Lord, thank you, or help Psalm. And so it's more of a instructional Psalm or a wisdom Mm -hmm. Psalm. In the sense that what, what does it really do? It, it, it actually is a psalm that instructs. And if you're praying this, you know, this is a psalm about worship. And it starts off with a, a question that raises the issue. Who can abide in your tent? Who may dwell on your holy hill? So this is a question of like a pilgrim maybe getting ready. This would be like a call to worship almost, right? Mm-hmm. So the person's imagining entering into the temple. That's the whole idea about the hill. That's, this is talking about going into the Jerusalem temple. And then there's an answer. So you can almost maybe see this as uh, maybe the congregation says verse one, Mm -hmm. then maybe Mm -hmm. the priest or the Levites are singing verses two to five. And then maybe everybody says that last line. So it's kind of a question Mm -hmm. response that's um, helping the prayer to imagine what does, what kind of, you know, what that question, what kind of person do I need to become or be? Mm. This song kind of lays that out, doesn't it? And it has some great pieces there. And it's interesting that um, most of the categories that are there 
are relational categories, mm-hmm. right? It's about blamelessness, and and, and then it, and that gets fleshed out in um, terms of proper speech, mm-hmm. not slandering friends, um, uh, honoring those who fear God, keeping your word, not taking advantage of the poor, uh, and and, and th- those who do these things shall never be moved. So this is a kind of a character psalm. But you, it's again, it's a psalm that it, as you're moving into worship to invite yourself uh, again. To, Am I like this? That's mm-hmm. the question. And that might lead you to confession at some point. Right. How um, to be worthy, basically. Yeah. 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 Well, thank in- you. Interesting, too, in the context of uh, what we're in right now, which is, you know, mm-hmm. just getting out of the Pentateuch and kind of reading all the law codes there. I mean, this is almost a Torah psalm, too, in mm-hmm. the sense that uh, two through five kind of summate the big things that God gets, you know, mad about <laughs> in, the, uh, <laughs> in the Pentateuch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and, and the fun thing is, if you think in Pentateuch language, you know, Psalm verse one, the, um, you know, the prayers thinking, how do I love God? Right. How do I come and be in your presence? And then God's answer essentially is about love your neighbor as yourself. Essentially, yeah. you see those two things that the scriptures never, never let us pull apart, whereas many of us in the modern period, um, sometimes we categorize our spiritual life from our other parts of life. And this is a very holistic picture of um, the way that followers of Jesus are supposed to live. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like that title that your Bible gave Joanna is a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. Walking with integrity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So I really hope that, you know, that, that just reading through the Psalms, you'll, everybody will get a love for the Psalms, let alone the rest of the Bible and make this kind of long term. Because imagine praying a psalm every single day for the rest of your life or one every week for the rest of your life. And, and, and what kind of person would you be if you did that? And so I just want to toss that out as an encouragement because it's these little small things that we do that just change the trajectories of our lives. And just pray to God. Pray that the Lord would astonish you when you read the Bible. And, you know, when the Bible astonishes you, um, that, that does amazing things in your spiritual life. So as you can see, our journey through the Psalms will provide us a rich opportunity to grow and change as we see what these texts have to show us each day. May you continue to be astonished with what these scriptures have to say to you each day, and may you find ways to let them radically change you into the person God has called you to be. One great way to get encouragement, support, and a deeper experience out of this journey is to join our Bible Project 2020 Facebook group. We provide opportunities each day for you to discuss and engage with others who are reading through these scriptures, just like you. And be sure to share this podcast with a friend and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Joanna Schweitzer produced this episode. I'm your host, Nikki Taylor. See you next week.